Retail Relief, brought to you by BRC Learning. Hi, I'm Jagster Healy. Welcome to Retail Relief. This podcast is here to empower retailers with the knowledge, hints and tips to get through this chaotic time. Today we are joined by a board director at Lane 4. For 25 years, Lane 4 have been supporting the retail industry with their well-being and resilience at individual, team and organisational levels. This board director has a PhD on the impact of stress and has worked with countless senior teams in the retail environment, helping her clients thrive in increasingly difficult circumstances. Introducing Liz Campbell. Welcome, Liz. How are Hello. you? I'm good, thank you. Absolutely delighted to be able to to join you on a topic that is really close to my heart and feel really passionate about helping to support people in this particular area. Fantastic to have you with us. So please take a moment to introduce Lane 4 to our retailers. Yeah, I I think probably the best way to explain uh, who Lane 4 are is probably by uh, saying why we're called Lane 4. So um, our Founding manager and director is a gentleman called Adrian Morehouse. And um, some of you uh, that are listening may remember Adrian. Some of you may not have been born when Adrian actually won an Olympic gold medal in Seoul in 1988. And Adrian um, won his gold medal in breaststroke. It feels like we're in Great Britain. We're very good at producing very good breaststrokers. And some of you may be aware we've got Adam Peaty, who's the current uh, world record holder. Now, um, Adrian, people wouldn't necessarily realise, was actually number one in the world for six consecutive years. So there's this real essence around understanding what it takes to deliver high levels of performance. So our reason for being is to shift the performance of our clients. And we work at an organisational team and individual level, working with them to create an environment where success is inevitable and whatever that success might look like in terms of organisational success, team and I think at the moment for individuals success may not be about success in work it it may be but for us as human beings it may be about being successful as a a partner as a brother as a sister as a friend so there's something there around being clear around what success looks like and then helping people develop the skills and capabilities to be able to do that and our focus is very much around improving working lives and transforming organizational performance and our our real desire is to go a broader impact on society to go beyond performance. So it isn't just performance in that in that working situation, but but helping helping going beyond. And we do this in a host of different ways. And it could be through improving employee engagement. It's about working with people on their well-being and their resilience, about helping create high performing teams uh, might be through coaching skills. And for me personally, I've uh, got over 20 years of experience of working with retailers um, and I've got uh, recently a, a lot of experience of working with different executive teams in that retail environment um, during uh, COVID and what I'm finding is this area of well-being, mental health is really important that they're wanting to really work out how they can help um, their colleagues to be able to deal with these unprecedented times. That's fantastic to hear that wealth of information that you're bringing with you and the experience you bring along Liz. I think at the moment, this sort of horrific pandemic has brought a light to the necessity for individuals to focus on their health and well-being now more than ever. 
So Liz, we're so excited for you to guide us through some of the actionable tips to encourage cultural health within our teams and our businesses. So cultural health can be represented by a collection of values or beliefs of the people who are working within the teams or business. It can even be influenced by the history of the business or the management strategy to the external constraints. So why do you think people should be talking about mental health with their colleagues right now? I just think it's uh, so critical. I think um, when you think through the cultural health um, of an organisation, how important that cultural health is so that it enables and helps them to be able to survive through unprecedented times. And that is to survive as an organisation, but helping teams and individuals, because if they can help teams and individuals, it means that in helping them look after their mental health, their well-being, they are going to be at their best. And if individuals are at their best, that means they're going to be able to help those organisations to be able to thrive. All of this means that it's so important that organisations are helping their teams, their individuals to have conversations about what this means for them, because well-being does mean very different things to individuals. So you can't have a one size fits all. Um, it might mean happiness to some people. Well-being might be about eating healthily. It might be about exercise. Um, it might be um, thinking about mental health issues that, that people are, are, are dealing with in terms of uh, what that looks like for them if they're being uh, lonely or solitary. You know, we've got some people at Lane 4 that as young people are living in flats by themselves. What does that mean for them? Some people may have lost a loved one. They may have had COVID themselves. So all sorts of different possibilities that to have the conversations are really important. I think the reality is that you know, we did some research ourselves at Lane 4 back in 2019 and our resilience tracker that we that we had found that over a third of employees in the UK reported being more stressed than they were two years before. So that was before COVID. So we can imagine what that might look like for organisations. You're looking at, you know, this, this is about 12.8 million working days that were lost uh, to, to work related stress, depression or anxiety. So I think sort of finishing off with this sort of particular area that we were um, exploring, I think it's really vital that organisations support people where they are at, have conversations and what uh, some of the re research from the uh, crisis psychology would go, how do we help people find a sense of hope? And that will be very different. This sort of hope and optimism in the future. What does that mean for them, their personal motivation? What could that look like? So how we can do that is really important, because if we're not careful, the organisational culture could be very focused that when we have a conversation, we're in a team, we're in a one to one. It's about task and it's about working at pace. You know, we we finding the space to have a conversation about how people are feeling and creating the psychological safety for people to be able to do that feels really important. It's, just, it's the right thing to do, you know, to to not see our colleagues as, as human beings and, and not sort of pawns on a chessboard feels just so, so important at this particular point. I think there was so much that you packed into this. It was <laughs> fantastic, you know, just taking that apart a bit, you know, breaking teams down into individuals and also understanding their cultural backgrounds as well as their own, what they bring to work and them as an yeah. individual also so important right now more than ever. Talking about how, you know, the recent, the recent things we've been seeing in the media and also across the world, there is such an importance to understand people as an individual and not just 
as a yeah. team. Um, I think, you know, and understanding their background, what their culture brings to the organization through them. Yeah. But I think that aspect of psychological safety, that is a huge aspect, which is it can be underestimated. It'll be fantastic to explore what teams can do to do that better. So I guess my my next question is sort of around that could be, you know, how can teams and departments do this more effectively? I th- I think how they can do it more effectively is that the first point has to be that they, it's vital that they focus on understanding what mental health is, what well-being is and resilience. And, you know, that feels that that feels really important. And I know that for some of the uh, retail businesses that I've been working with during this time, what's been fantastic to see is that they're running webinars, helping some of their colleagues and their leaders to really understand, not them just as words, but really trying to understand what does well-being mean for us as an individual? Because as human beings, our psychology, we're, we're still we're wired to be able to still run away from saber-toothed tigers. Yeah, the adrenaline, the flight-fright response, uh, that stress response that we get when we get concerned about whether we're able to deal with the situation and it matters to us and it's important. So uh, I think what is important is for, for teams is to spend time maybe talking it through with each other or in, in one-to-ones, really understanding our own sources of stress and and how they impact on us because one situation uh, you know that if you if you were to ask me to jump out of um, a plane I would be absolutely terrified yet for somebody else they may be think it's the most exciting thing to be able to do that's if, me uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go <laughs> um, where you know for other individuals if they're asked to do um a, a presentation to to to, to a, a senior team they may see it as a, a a real opportunity whereas other somebody else might see it as being really threatening so the same situation can be very different so understanding for individuals what their own sources of stress are do they see it as challenging do they see it as threatening and a key part of that that will determine what the research would show is rather in in sources of stress do we see it as a negative and we're really struggling and and, it, and it's it's not in a good place is our perception of control so control and our perception of that is really important so if we're not careful unconsciously uh, we, we've not sort of worked out one is aware what is the source of stress and Actually, we do some crooked thinking around it. Are we really uh, appreciating and understanding? And often by talking it through with somebody, they may be able to challenge our our thinking and what that looks like. And actually, by just talking it through with somebody else, we realise that we're maybe black and white thinking, we're scaremongering, we're making a mountain out of a molehill. So there's something there around understanding how we're thinking about situations and then starting to challenge. Well, how about if we saw it differently? Actually, probably got things here that I may not be completely in my control but do you know what there's probably some things there that I could control so I think one of the things with teams is to really start to understand and appreciate so we talked about what well-being is and what does a good day look like for somebody and maybe what does a bad day look like so exploring for individuals what that looks like and trying to become aware that if I'm going to have a good day, what needs to be true for me to have a good day? I know for myself, 
getting some exercise, getting some fresh air is really important for me. So knowing for ourselves what a good day looks like, but also knowing what are triggers for a bad day, because actually the more good days, the more we can look after our well-being and we can start to if we do have a bad day, which we will have. This is the fluctuation in our well-being, knowing what might trigger that bad day. What are the things that often cause you to, to feel that things aren't going so well? You're feeling down, you're feeling fed up, maybe you're feeling angry. It could be a whole host of different emotions. And then once we start to have that awareness, we can start to develop some of the strategies to be able to to do something about it. So I think we're spending time with some of our retail clients, really helping them to think about how individuals can develop their own resilience recipe, something that is personal to them that they know will work for them, both in a moment. You know, so something's happened now what do I do how am I going to do deal with that to looking after yourself over a period of time and um, so I think those are the some of the sorts of things that we've been working with teams is to you know explore what well-being is what it looks like understanding good days bad days and then really starting to tease out and think about what your resilience recipe uh, would would be I think just the final thing as well is some of them the research that we've been exploring is around adaptability. And actually, during this pandemic, people have been needed to adapt to be able to, to, to survive and then to be able to thrive. And it is a key skill and it will continue if you go on to and research and have a look at it. Adaptability is coming out as one of the key skills that colleagues team managers, leaders are going to need because there is going to be this constant change. And, and actually, at times we resist. And one of the stresses for us can be resisting the change, either consciously or unconsciously. So learning adaptability and being able to, to, to be able to do that becomes important. And if we're not careful, we think we're either adaptable or not adaptable as a person. And, and what our research has shown is actually it's what we'd call it's there's five areas. It's multidimensional. And, and actually these key areas are, you know, learning adaptability. Are we really up for learning and trying some new and different things? Are we really good at reactive adaptability? So when something happens, are we good at dealing with that in the moment and being able to adapt and change our plans? Creative adaptability, coming up with lots of different solutions and different ideas. Or do you need to do that with somebody else? Social adaptability. Do we have a group of people? It's like our own personal boardroom. Who are there? Who are our people that we have there to help us? You know, it might be emotional support. It might be to help you at work. It might be to help you at home. Who are the people your network and often under pressure? We some people can go very isolated and, and the COVID situation can really make that even worse. So I think social adaptability is important. And then lifestyle adaptability, this ability that whilst we're changing, people who are really good at adapting are very good at still prioritising the ability to look after themselves, to still make sure that they're eating well, that they're exercising, that they're getting fresh air and those sorts of things, because that is a real enabler then for them to be able to, to deal with the other aspects that are happening to them. So we'd also advocate absolutely thinking about how much you embrace being adaptable and developing your adaptability. Starting off with saber-toothed tigers and linking it to <laughs> five areas of adaptability that's a huge range of information and I think I would I would really urge whoever's listening to take some time and actually research some of those bits so feel free to rewind pause google then come back because I think there's some really interesting points from you know understanding that our fight or flight from when we were in caveman days and you know at those points where saber-toothed tigers 
we're chasing us. That's the same response we're having now to the stresses in our day, but also starting to break down those sources of stress. So what stresses you out as an individual? What stresses your teams out and those people around you? So you're able to understand how to work with that better and how to mitigate those risks. And then also understanding what to do on those good days and bad days. So what does a good day look like for you? And really listing that out and then seeing how you can bring more of that into your day to day as well. But that prioritization of health and well-being is a massive piece. And I think hopefully these will help advocate for that within the industry more. You know, I'm a big believer in putting your mask on first before helping others. Um, that allows you to be your best self to help others. Linking to that, and I know we've had some small aspects of it, but Liz, what is your self-care priority right now? And what tips do you give to, you know, people in the retail industry going through this volatile part? Yeah, that's, that's really funny. You talking about putting masks on nowadays, isn't it? It's, it's a bit different to what the meaning might have been 12 months ago, you know, referring <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to putting a mask on when you're on a plane and making sure that you can, the proper selfishness, look after yourself to be able to, 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 to look after your child that might be sat on the plane with you. Um, but yeah, I think uh, putting a mask on is going to for many a year have a different connotation for us it's amazing how adaptable we are isn't it to putting a mask on and uh, being able to, to to do that yeah I have my 82 year old mum lives with us and uh, goodness me we had to get her into training to put a mask on because oh, she wow. desperately wanted her hair cutting because she had covid hair so trying to get her to go to the hairdressers <laughs> right so she, she had to learn she you know there was definitely um uh, uh, uh in terms of a learning adaptability so we had a sort of 10 minutes then 15 minutes and and doing that so yeah i love the idea of put, putting a mask on i in terms of self-care i i must say for me personally um I, I, exercise is a, is a fundamental ingredient. I mean, I, I love to, I, I don't know whether I would call it running, but uh, jogging, you know, I, I each morning, I'm very fortunate to be able to, to, to get out and get some fresh air. If I can't do it in the morning, I'll try to make sure that I, you know, even if it's just for half an hour, because I know that when I'm out in the fresh air by myself, I work things through, I feel better. So it, that's my magic dust. There are times where I don't want to do it, but I just know. And I think, I've always enjoyed running, but I think with a busy working life, I, you know, at times it was sporadic. So I'm so it's just been fantastic to really get that back into being a habit. And I just notice um, how much I, I, I thrive on that. And it makes me and if I don't do it, it you know, I, I definitely head to more of a bad day than a good day. And um, so I think that self-awareness of knowing for yourself uh, what is good for you and everything's everything's different. It might be doing some reading, listening to some music, uh, doing some learning, listening to a podcast, you know, creating space for ourselves, that self-care. Because I think if we're not careful, we don't realise that our cup is full and we're just putting more and more stuff in. So creating time, you know, even if it's just five or ten minutes if if that's what you you've got to try to just make sure that you you do some mindfulness uh you read a book listen to some music to just decompress feels really important and i think when we do that we start to notice um whether we're feeling tired and what that is and i think when you're in that space you can then challenge how you're thinking so we come back to what i'd spoken to before is i think it's the tips of crooked thinking um I think, you know, I don't know for the people the same sometimes in the middle of the night, I might wake up and I've got things going on and they seem so much worse in the middle of the night. And yet when I 
wake up, you know, I talk to, um, to my partner about it. I, I get it down on a piece of paper. I make a list. It, it, it suddenly the scale of it doesn't feel as, as bad as it was. So I think really challenging because if we think about it differently, we're more likely to see what we can control, what we can't. And other things like, um, you know, don't look at your phone past six o'clock or seven o'clock, whatever that looks like for you. It might be four, it might be five o'clock. You know, if you're going to pick the children up from school, make sure that you're with them. Put the phone away so that you can't see it because they're addictive. You know, you work out what's right for you. Turn your emails off. You know, when you're finished at work because people, people are working at home or I, I know many people listening won't be. They'll be um, out in stores as well. But knowing what your boundaries are and then not getting distracted and caught up in, in other things, because um, I think if we're not careful, we, we can get into some really bad habits. And I think COVID is taught us lots of things about flexible working but it also has had the potential to create some other habits that are maybe not that great. Um, I think what I would also say is that um, in terms of self-care and, and tips for, for retailers I, I get the fact that you're coming up to Christmas that you know if, if the tills are ringing the clicks are going it can be very um, easy to just go straight into a conversation about task and I think my um, uh, my tip to you was be to just be careful make sure that you're asking people around how they're feeling what that's like because actually that's really important to help them perform but if you just go straight to a task then it becomes very transactional and, and actually stops the ability to really help people be, be at their best so I think I would be really encouraging retailers to think about seeing well-being as a holistic integrated approach that focuses on helping build people's resilience both in their mind their body and the environment and helping to start to think about what that looks like because uh, i think we have this tendency there's a sort of british mentality of a bit of a stiff upper lip and not um accepting that we've all got vulnerabilities this is a challenging time so helping people to talk through that so i think a key tip would be social support talking asking for help being there to support other peoples would be really important. I think that's such a key thing. I think a lot of people at the moment are feeling very isolated or very focused in their roles. So either there are people in the status where they're overworking and they're working multiple hours or shifts in a day, or you've got people who are isolated, maybe in furlough, maybe you know even made redundant or in the place of being made redundant. It's so scary to see the time and the, the, the polar opposites that we're seeing within the industry. But I think that sort of links to now we're looking at teams and colleagues. You know, we've mentioned what we can do with individuals and as an individual and, and as individuals within teams. But I guess sort of in that collective feel, thinking about people who are maybe on the road or working with logistics or delivery drivers or even uh, people within stores or teams that are all working virtually, what type of techniques can retailers use to check in with their colleagues? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's something, um, I, I think sitting underneath all of the techniques is an appreciation of the importance to connect with people. So seeing it as important. So if people don't see it as important, they're not going to do it. So I think there's a first step is, is really people understanding the benefits to, to each other of, of, of creating space to do this. So I think um, then I think the, the, the techniques are about trying to increase awareness of what is happening. So creating um, pockets of time to just touch base with people. So I think 
if we know that touching base and having a conversation is important, how do we, whilst people are out on the road, you know, is it possible to, if obviously if it's it's hands free, can people just check in with each other? Um, I think making sure that when somebody does have a one to one, that they get prioritised and that you prioritising one to ones and team meetings. I think that when people are out and about and they're in different locations, that sometimes we can get caught up in the task and we might bump something. So I think one of the the, tech, the techniques I would just say, look, it's really important is to make sure that you are prioritising those individual points in time to be able to check in with each other. I think if people are working in teams, uh, I think, you know, using things like WhatsApps, I think are, are always great to, to be able to and use them in a way where they share a bit of fun and a bit of humour, but be able to use them to ask for advice um, and then be able to sort of, I'd, you know, I quite like this idea of, you know, if you're in a team or you've got some people that, you know, at work, we talk about eating vegetables it's five a day I would go five a week what are the people that you could make sure that you connect with that you know that by you connecting it's going to help you but it's also potentially going to help them so I quite like this sort of technique of you know five a week you know who are the people that actually by you diarising and thinking you know who today would it be really good to just connect with and it may just be for five minutes it may be to send them a whatsapp it may be to try to have a call with them and to do that for yourself but to realize that often when we give it's the emotional bank account isn't it if we put in we're likely to get to get it out so i think those are important i think um other ones other techniques that we've talked about when people are out and about and on the road you know, even in, in checking in, it might be that um, you can, you know, walk and talk. So if you're, you're you may be moving from one place to another place, can you find sort of 10 or 15 minutes to maybe call in with somebody, check in. But you could be having a conversation whilst you're also just getting some some fresh air. I think found that there's some people really doing that and finding that that's really important. I think the other technique is to really get people to think and really prioritizing getting some designated time it's a bit like if you see your your working uh, week as a goldfish pole if you follow it with me is there's some if we're not careful we what are the big rocks that we need to put into our goldfish bowl and if we're not careful connecting and looking after ourselves gets lost it just becomes something little whereas actually it should be one of the big rocks that gets put in at the start of the week and really think through the techniques of what are the things that I need to happen this week that are going to help me have more good days than bad days so I think a, a bit of planning and thinking that through and thinking right well how am I going to get some of that into my week how am I going to get some exercise how am I going to make sure I spend some time with some quality time with the children how am I going to make sure that I connect and get some some support from and support other people so thinking about how that you can control your time feels really important at the moment I love the idea of a five a week. I think that's so <laughs> fantastic. I think, you know, that's a great way to even just think about how you can connect with individuals, your teams, your managers, your mentors. You know, what are your five connections that you're going to make this week? And I, I, I really urge the listeners to really think about that. You know, what in your who in your personal life or your professional life are you going to connect with this week? And I think that really leads into sort of mental health. So there's a huge stigma that has previously been put around mental health. And I think it's, it's great to see that we're starting to break it down as a society now. So what tips do you think you can give to, I guess, 
team leaders, regional leaders and remote department leaders to help encourage their teams to look after their mental health? Yeah, I mean, I I think here as well is um, obviously there's a sense of we need to try to create a situation where people feel um, able to look after their own mental health. So there's something here about owning our own well-being. But but actually, that's very difficult for for people at times. So I think when you look at um, managers and leaders, I think what can be really important uh, that really helps people that they're looking after and they're, 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 they're managing is to show humility and vulnerability you know how are things impacting you and being able to share some of that and show your human side I think becomes really important because I think by showing some vulnerability and I think what the the research would show is you know great leaders of people that really enable other people because a role of a leader is to enable other people to be fantastic at what they're doing and and part of that is to show vulnerability to show that you are human as well so I think at this particular point more, more than ever that ability to be open uh, and show that you know life life has its challenges for, for for you as well in terms of what that looks like because I think then it will enable other people that they're working with to be able to to share exactly what their thoughts and how that is impacting so and I think getting people to to get some of those regional leaders and remote leaders to create the space be it um you know via um you know zoom or team calls or or whatever sort of platform is being used to just create the time to have check-ins and to share how it is impacting but also share how they're self-regulating themselves so what what are they doing to help them look after what's working maybe not not what, what isn't working so i think the aim is to create a situation where you know you're encouraging people and you're showing that you are really interested in how they are how they are feeling as a human being and that you you're not the conversations you have are not just it's all about task and you want to know how this is going how that's going how did we you know what's the performance what are the metrics how are we doing it's a, it's creating the right space and just contracting with each other about how during sort of difficult challenging times how how what does support and challenge look like what does that look like so i think we come back to this how as a leader can you go about creating trust and that psychological safety for people to talk about what's really impacting them and then i think other sort of tips would be um without realizing it i think as when we're uh, leading and trying to enable other people to be at their best instead of helping them build their belief wall their confidence because confidence and performance go hand in hand managers without realizing can be can be knocking the wall down and taking bricks out of the wall so i'd be really encouraging um leaders at the moment during difficult times make sure you're one of those people that is putting bricks into somebody's belief wall let them know the great things that they are doing find we talk about a ratio of five to one five things that somebody's doing really well to one things that they need to do differently so there's something there around confidence and performance go hand in hand so i think at this particular point in terms of that confidence if we if we're feeling more confident that's going to help with our well-being which will help with our our mental health so helping people with that important i think you know in terms of uh working with individuals or with teams having contracts you know contracting as a team about how you're going to make things work what are the boundaries you know do you do calls 
before eight or after six? You know, are we going to do some walk and talks? Are we going to have some checking time? So asking people about how they can put it's almost like nudges in the system to create and enable people to look after their well-being and their mental health. Because if you're not careful because you need something and it works for you to have a call at eight or you've got something that's landed on your into your inbox, you ping it across to somebody and then they read it at eight o'clock or nine o'clock at night. Is that really good? You know, contract with each other about how those things are going to work. I think as well as, as as leaders, there's no reason why we can't, whilst people might be remote, creating team time to say, let's review. I mean, high performers that I've worked in the sports world before, you know, they, they will spend time and create time to really learn and review from what's happened. So building your own team's belief wall and noticing the things that you've managed to achieve and how did you manage to do that? Really important as well. Um, and then I think I would sort of finish with, you know, I've already said this before, is prioritise one to ones and team meetings. Um, don't be that person that is always shifting them around in your diary because the unintended consequences showing to somebody that that they don't matter. And when they're feeling down and fed up anyway, what does that what does that mean in terms of helping them with their well-being? Because feeling valued and respected as a person that's got a lot going on can, can be very impactful for somebody. That is such an important message, especially right at the end, feeling that value and that importance. Um, I guess the last piece is, you know, finally, do you have any advice you can give people who are struggling at this moment? Yeah, I mean, um, I think I think if you are struggling at the moment, identifying one, I think I've already said really um creating the space to sit down and and if you can get a pen and a piece of paper and just say look what are the what are the key sources of stress pressure for me at the moment yeah and and how are they impacting me how is it making me feel what are my mental responses to that am I feeling angry frustrated what's it causing me the physical responses um, what's it happened to me behaviorally? Am I am I getting argumentative? Am I becoming withdrawn? What are the things that I'm doing? So I think the first thing, you know, am I am I smoking too much? Am I drinking too much? Really, uh, the first thing awareness has got to be curative. So I'd really anybody that is struggling uh, to do that, I would say if that is hard to do for yourself, finding somebody that you can talk to um, feels important. And you know, obviously, um, organizations will have sort of helplines to be able to do that but I think in doing it for a first step for yourself I'd say increase your awareness and really understand how it's impacting you and then I think um, from that really starting to say well what are the what are the things that I can do about it you know um, I'd be saying you know how how are the things you know if I look at it what is it that I need to, to to do? What are my supports? What are my constraints? Write a list of your supports. Write a list of the constraints and things that you're really struggling with. Right. OK. Have I really got all the supports there? Could I find some more? And am I maximising those supports? What are the things that I could do? OK, let's have a look at the list of constraints. What are the things that are causing me to, to really I feel just not in my control? What can I do? Can I minimise those? Right. So it's not a case of getting rid of them completely. But we would talk, talk about that being um problem focused coping dealing directly with the situation and that can feel very um instead of feeling like a victim of a situation it can give you an element of control back and i think that that um becomes really important to be able to do um and so i think um 
you know, awareness, starting to really think about, do I have maybe I've got more resources and support around me than than I think? And am I really using those to the full potential? How much does it matter to me to get this right to uh, what are the things that are really getting in the way? And are they really getting in the way as much as I can? And I just go, sometimes it's really difficult to do this by yourself. So I think, you know, reaching out and talking to people um, just it, it really important. So if you are struggling, reach out, talk to people, talk to somebody, find somebody to and often by talking that through. Um, you'll you'll find a solution through it um what i would say as well we've got some some further insight on our lane four website and there's a white paper there that that people might be interested in in having a look at and may have some um interesting things for for people to to, to explore and take further thank you liz for your time and your energy today what fantastic takeaways for our retailers from personal values to psychological health from sources of stress to prioritizing health and well-being for fantastic performance as an individual or as a team. So thank you for your wealth of topics and, and everything that you've said today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be with you. So if you have enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe so you are notified when a new episode is posted. Share this podcast with your fellow retailers and colleagues to spread the word because knowledge is power.